Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. What's up, people? This is You're Not Listening, the podcast that teaches you how to actively listen to music one song at a time. I'm Sean O'Laughlin. I am Sean's dad, Jim. And today we got another special guest. We are joined by Bob Bland from the Bend and Scoop podcast, which is another amazing podcast about music that we both have been guests on. um, And we will link to those those episodes in the show notes if you want to check out those or just any other episode by Bob. But before we get to our conversation, I want to remind everybody to check out Pantheon Podcasts. We are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcast.com. If you like this show, I guarantee you will find more shows there that you will enjoy. Remember to subscribe to You're Not Listening wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there so you can get every new episode downloaded directly to your device as soon as it comes out. A couple more things. I got to get through all of it. (laughs) We have an awesome Teespring store with some really cool merch, including uh, some Lost in the Sauce and Deep in the Cheese t-shirts that you can't miss. If you want to support the show, we do have a Patreon page. If you think we're worth a couple bucks every month, go ahead and click that link in the show notes too. And lastly, connect with us on social media. We are at YNL Podcasts. And on Facebook, we have an amazing group that we'll link in the show notes as well, where you can discuss with other listeners and discuss with us about some music that you love. So Shout out to Joy. That's it. That's everything. I think I probably forgot something. Good but, job. You know, we're we're going off the cuff today. So, Bob, what's up, dude? Hey guys, thanks for having me on. And I'm really glad you p- promoted the Facebook page because I joined up and not only are you guys having me on, but another podcast saw me mention uh, I think it was Jim had mentioned something about a specific song that brought back memories and I mentioned Baker Street. And she wants to have me on to talk about that. So nice. Saturday we're going to yeah. talk. So it's really been uh, fortuitous to be on that group. I really enjoy it. 
Yeah, you see, not only do you get to have cool conversations, it's also a great networking tool. So yes. I'm sure yeah. you're on that. It's uh, it's the You're Not Listening, a music podcast discussion group. So it's a really, it's a safe space. There's no judgment. We watch every post. So if you're being a, a you-know-what, you know what we tell you not to be at the end of every episode, <laughs> you'll you'll get booted or your, your post will get deleted. So check it and out. It's a safe space. That's all set up by our friend Joy, who uh, stepped up and kind of created that for us too. So thanks so much for Joy. She uh, she's going to be on an upcoming podcast uh, episode as well. So she's yeah, a lot we had of fun. some. She's the best. We had some some recording issues that I, I it's taking me a while to fix it in post. So it's not going to be the best quality <laughs> you know, sounding episode, but it was and, a really fun one. So. And in typical Joy fashion, I she I said that to her. I said you know we're just kind of working on a, a couple of glitches. She said no, oh, no, it's okay. If, you know it, even if you don't have me on and don't do the episode live stuff um it was just a blast being with you guys it's like yeah nice try yeah, okay no 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 your episode's gonna be out yeah, pretty we'll soon too so there. she's great she's the best yep for sure so bob before we no. get into the songs you, you brought a really cool song to us tonight very very bluesy yes um i'm in love with the harmonica sound in it and we're, we'll talk about all that but before we do that tell us about your show tell us about bend and scoop i listen to the show dad listens to the show yep. we, we've both been guests on it talking about our record collections mine was more of like a cd collection but that's because you know that's that's my generation but tell us about the show well the whole purpose behind the show really is to try to expose people to artists they may not have heard before and it was born out of the fact that so many of my friends are kind of stuck in that classic rock loop in perpetuity like they anything basically after 2000 they don't even realize exists. Mm. So uh, part of it is motivated by that. And also it's just basically me role-playing DJ. I get to do, you know, uh, things where I'm basically mixing the radio of my teen years, which is, you know, late seventies, early eighties and jingles and movie clips and stuff from that era with the music that I listen to now, which is, you know, a lot of indie rock and indie music. So um, and of course, at the end, the last third of the show, I always have a guest on, usually from another music podcast, and we talk music. Bob, I got to ask you, have you run into any issues with copyright or anything from, from your show? The only thing, now, Spotify booted me immediately, so I'm not on Spotify. That's the one platform I can't be on. The only area I ever run into issues is on YouTube, and that only, it's never really happened, okay, there's one actual song that I featured that it happened on. And I think it was like a subsidiary of a major, but I try to focus on indie labels. So mm. I think they view it the same way I do as a promotional vehicle. Right. But as, um, as, a, as a plus to have well, it, it be, because, be, being because YouTube, it's so, it's a, it's a bot. It's a, the yeah, copyright exactly. bots, right? So. And, and certain labels and certain artists, they'll sniff it out immediately. And, and the reason I know this is one of the things I used to do was I would put in like a, an, an old recording of a concert ad or a, an album release ad from radio. And one of them was like an ACDC record from like the seventies. I think it was power Ridge or something. And that immediately got pinged because there was more than like a 10 second clip of an ACDC song in the background. So <laughs> that got hammered. But, uh, yep. Other than that, it hasn't been uh, been much of an issue, fortunately. I, I really like, and I think I mentioned this when we were on your show, too. I really like all your setup that you do and, and all the, the little pieces that you kind of add to that that add some authenticity to it. That that stuff makes it. And I, I wanted the same thing, that if you use it too much, is someone going to come and just you know kind of snip that right away and say, nope, you can't be using it at all. But I, I think that's great the way you use it. I think Thanks. it's fun. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate you saying that. I had somebody on not too long ago who said it reminded them of like, 
British pirate radio from like the seventies and eighties. And I'm like, I kind of like that thought process. Go. It's like the podcast version of pirate radio. Really. There it is kind of like, like it's, it's more closely related to college radio than like mainstream radio. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Which is, which is nice because I think when people play the music that they like and they want to share it with people, it like, it, I don't know. It feels different when you're listening to it. Right. Yeah. It's like, if you listen to mainstream radio and someone calls in and requests a song that isn't played too often and then you hear it, it it's just it's a little bit different experience right exactly so when it comes from that place i don't it's hard to explain i don't know really why it, it maybe it's just for people like us it comes off that way yeah but. right right yeah but, and one of the ways you know 10 15 years ago i would try and share music with people would be mix cds and mm-hmm. now this just for me it's kind of the next evolution this is just a really a curated playlist that i've converted into podcast form yeah Oh, we know about mixed CDs. Yeah. Sorry about that, Sean. <laughs> we have oh, piles and piles of unlabeled CDRs yeah. that like <laughs> called good good songs. You know, yeah, good, good songs '92. Uh, Su- you know, summer hits two thousand. Summer hits. Yeah, '93. <laughs> it's got like LFO August '93 on it. <laughs> well, since you're since you're a pirate radio guy, you like right now offshore somewhere in a submarine that you know is undisclosed location that we're not gonna. <laughs> I- I am in an undisclosed location, but it's not offshore. Very, it's very hot. onshore. We, we'll give you guys a hint. It's hot where he is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it's probably raining because it's raining everywhere except California right, right now. So. Right, right, So let's talk about some music. I do want to remind everybody, make sure you do go check out his show. I really encourage you guys to, to check it out, especially listeners for our show, I think, are pretty open to new music and hearing new True. music and hearing music differently. And so... You'll definitely hear some new stuff that you like, you know, if you check out his show. So really, really go check out Bend and Scoop. It's fantastic. All right. We got two songs tonight. I did not bring a song to the table. Dad brought a song to the table. Bob brought a song to the table. So, Dad, what's your song? My song is uh, a live version um, uh, from a show um, in San Francisco by Van Morrison of Tupelo Honey. The, the whole deal with this one is that it was done by uh, one of his backup singers, and uh, Van kind of steps aside and, and lets him take over. And this is one of his, his iconic songs that if you know anything about Van Morrison, you're going to know Tupelo Honey. And I even have my vinyl copy so I can, ha- I can have a visual here that no one's going to ever see, Bob, but I want to make sure I can show you that too when we talk about it. So, Bob, what do, what do you have? What's, uh, what's, what's the song you're going to bring to the table? So my song is by a band uh, called Treat Her Right, named after the old Roy Head hit. Roy Head, actually from my hometown, or at least the band, he and that band were in my hometown when they recorded nice. that song. Uh, so it's unrelated. I didn't even think about that when I was pulling this. but um, And it's a song called I Think She Likes Me. <sighs> Great it's, song. Uh, oh, I'm glad you remember that. I'm, I'm not everybody oh, I knew that. one. I knew that firsthand because uh, they're from Boston. Yep. And they were big on the local, BCN used to play them. They were big on the local stations in the 80s. That song was all over the place. I knew it immediately when Sean mentioned it. Yep, yep, yeah. And, yeah, it's uh, haunting. It's haunting. It's a great song. It's kind of haunting, the voice. and oof, It's a good yeah. song. Yeah, and of course, uh, you may recognize the uh, singer uh, of this particular track, Mark Sandman, who later went on to front Morphine and uh, definitely probably much better known for his work with Morphine. They, they were right more widely recognized but uh and a tragic death uh, something yep. if i remember correctly too right yeah he had a heart attack on stage right performing right. with that. morphine in italy in 1999 and he, he was a he was 47 and he died 
right there on stage. I oh, wow. Uh, a few months ago, I watched. There's a documentary about him that's on Apple TV Plus, but I guess you might be able to rent it from any streaming service. It's called Cure for Pain, which was the name of Morphine album and song. But uh, he had a really interesting life. Uh, he was a bit older than the rest of the guys in the band, and uh, his when he left home, he kind of traveled the world and did odd jobs and went around everywhere before he kind of came back and got into music. So it's, it was really interesting. It's definitely worth... It's It's not the world's highest budget documentary. <laughs> you could definitely tell it was kind of uh, done on the cheap, but it was well done. And I, I enjoyed it. Nice. It's amazing how when you watch those, that it just opens up so many other ideas. Sean and I are always talking about documentaries that we've seen. And, you know, one thing begets the next, and then the next one, and the next one, the next one. We ended up having uh, Liberty DeVito on um, the show as a result of Sean watching the Hyatt Gun documentary, which was great. I knew him from Billy Joel's band as a drummer. Sean knew him from that the documentary and the documentary just kind of opened up the eyes of, of both of us that way. It was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. I oh. heard that. And, and I had actually seen that documentary too. And that was the big takeaway I had when I watched the documentary was man, Billy Joel is a jerk. <laughs> That's the exact same takeaway I had. Exactly. Like, Good God, man. Yeah. I, what yeah. I took away from it was <laughs> Billy Joel was a jerk and I would love to hang out with Alice Cooper and Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah. That's those yes. are the other two takeaways yep. for me. Yep. And yet Liberty downplayed that because he didn't kind of get into it. It seems like he's made, you know, some some the, the mending of the fence with with Billy Joel and stuff. And he kind of didn't go. He didn't go down that dirty that dirty street, which was nice. Yeah. You know, like he did. Like he did in the documentary. It was more of the you know the questioning and that stuff. But yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like that's, he, what, that's exactly what Sean said too. Like, oh, he's such a dick. I can't <laughs> believe I yeah. I like Billy Joel's music so much. It like we tell you. Every episode, don't be a dick. Yeah, stay hyd- and stay hydrated. <laughs> stay hydrated. Listen to good music and music don't be and a don't dick. Don't be a dick. You'll go far in life. <laughs> yeah, be yeah. surprised how far you can go if you're just a nice person. <laughs> yeah, Liberty incredible. love. He loved that too. He actually, we sent him a, a sticker of it and he posted it, and I think he got <laughs> six hundred shares and all the stuff. People were Thousands responding likes, and yeah. stuff. It was good. It was well done. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, are you good to go? Yeah. So let's, okay. Bob, do you want to start with your song? You want to do your song? Yeah, let's, sure. let's, let's, let's yeah. let the, the, the guest kind of jump in for us. So. All right, sure. cool. So um, go ahead and check out the official You're Not Listening playlist on Spotify, where you won't, unfortunately, won't hear Bob's podcast, but you'll hear him on this show. And you can listen to his song. It is Treat Me Right, I Think She Likes Me. Here alone, she asked me nicely, can I buy you a drink? You know, I think she likes me that's if you want to watch it on YouTube, you can click the link in our show notes. You can watch it there, too. Go ahead, listen to it, come on back, and we will talk about it. <laughs> that is so bluesy. <laughs> the ending always makes me think of Jim Morrison for some reason. That yeah, he's like, I think she likes me. It's like just it's like he didn't want to King. Like he didn't want to slow it down, and he's like, I yeah. have to do. I have to. <laughs> the song should not end. <laughs> so I love, and I love, I love near the end when it's like when he goes, ah, ah, and it feels like he's just like hit it hard and backing up, like, ah, oh yeah, oh so good. I'm sorry, um, Sean. I I love the story, and I. <laughs> 
You know, when he gets to the point where he's like, guy with a gun says, why'd you buy her that drink? All I could think of was um, Come a Little Bit Closer by Jane and the Americans. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I love that line where he's like, you know, she told me things about her life. She never told me she was someone's wife. Yeah. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> this right. is the kind of guy that thinks the bartender likes him when he goes yes. to the bar, you know? Yeah, yeah. And apparently this is based on an incident that actually happened to Mark Sandman. He said it was at a bar in Fairplay, Colorado, which also is the town that South Park is based on, or at least oh. the visual reference for <laughs> South Park. So it's kind of a, kind of a weird tie in there. But uh, Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Bob, what, what is it about this song? You said you took some notes on kind of some things you wanted to highlight. I have a couple things that I want to replay, but, uh, you know, what? what is it about this song? And I have a million stories about this song. So go, you, you start first, Bob. <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew Jim would know it and, and would have a lot to talk about on this since they are from Boston and this yep. is right in his wheelhouse from, you know, they... they yeah, as soon as you sent it, Bob, <laughs> Dad goes, you know, I think he's pandering to us a little bit. <laughs> yeah, as I said, no. I think he's pandering, uh, he's doing a Boston song. <laughs> honestly not. I, I've, I got this album back right after it first came out. Actually, they released it locally on uh, some local label in 86, but it wasn't until 88 that RCA picked them up and distributed it nationwide. And that's, I think that was the first time I heard it was, uh, I was fortunate to grow up near Austin and, you know, live music capital of the world. And they had a really good radio station there, may still be there. It was called KLBJ. And uh, they would, you know, it was the quote unquote, you know, rock station, but they, in that era, they played a lot of, you know, it was almost like a broadcast college radio station in a lot of ways. And I, I remember hearing this on there. I remember that was the first place I ever heard the replacements, like Alex Chilton got played on there, you know? So it's, nice. uh, you know, this isn't something that you would normally hear on most, you know, broadcast radio stations back then, commercial radio stations. And I heard it. I said, I've got to get that record. I got it. And then they released two more after that. I got those two as well. Uh, they broke up in 91. You know, Mark Sandman went on to form Morphine, and everybody knows and loves Morphine, of course. But th- this this is just kind of the incubated raw version of Morphine to some extent. They, they do so much with so little. Like, mm. Mark plays this instrument that he calls low guitar, which is basically a two-string slide bass. Like, he basically... Low guitar. You know, yeah, he kind of really? Frankensteined an instrument out of, you know, a bass guitar, and that's what he was known for. And uh, it's just the sound, you know, they... Like, you mentioned, Sean, up front about the harmonica. You loved how much the harmonica adds to this, and they, they really use harmonica throughout all their stuff. I yeah. I love I remember, that sound with the with the harmonica. Yeah, let me actually... Let me just play a, a little snippet of it so people can yeah. kind of get, get an idea of that sound. I love that's that dirty. that muffled yeah, when you when you get the harmonica mic right like that yeah. that big fat microphone and you, and you get the blues harmonica going into it and you get that really kind of muffled r- ringing sound out of it I love that in a lot of ways I kind of feel like this is the precursor to stuff like white stripes and black keys in terms of the minimalist like they you know they had a very sparse drum kit they've got a harmonica one guitarist and then Sandman with two strings on his bass. And, but they're, you're getting so much sound out of so little, you know, production and equipment. And they just, they convey a mood and a feeling and a vibe. I think it's, that's it's, a really, really good comparison. I mean, if yeah, you listen I thought to of Black Keys. like Elephant from White Stripes, 
that album is just like so full and rich and like the sounds that they get and it's just him on a guitar and her on drums and it's like that it, this yeah. is a really good comparison because this is a full sound. It sounds like a big blues band. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I mean, I even think of something like uh, Thick Freakness, one of the early Black Keys records, where it's just so loud and full, and it's a guitar and drums, and that's it. Same, yeah. You know, same like yeah. White Stripes, and this this isn't much more. And 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 you know, the sound isn't as as loud, but but there's just so much texture, and and there's mm. so much going on. And similar, I mean, it might be a blues thing. We, you know, when we spoke with Reverend Peyton, who actually I was going to say, there's one point in this song around 2:43 where there's some slide guitar in the background, and it sounds a lot like like Reverend Peyton. We had him on the show, and we you know, we talked to him about a couple of his songs, and just an amazing blues guitarist. Their band is him on guitar and vocals, his wife on the washboard, and then one of their buddies on drums, and that's the whole thing. And they get a really full sound out of that too. So you know. It, Blues players, man. <laughs> they get the most out of what they have. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, they really do. Now, it's, it's funny because um, I thought when, when you immediately said this song, besides the pandering thing, I'm thinking like, oh, good job, Bob. He's doing the Boston thing. Nice job. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I meant that with, with all the, the, the positive sincerity. Too. Yeah, but it he could have done Jay Giles. He could have done Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> he could have done Dropkick Murphys. He, you know. Um, but these these guys would play it on the on the rock stations, the local rock stations, and I think that they were looked at as a rock band in the Boston in the local Boston scene, um, not a blues act. So I, I'd be it's interesting you said that interesting that you said that they um, they have the harmonica in, in all the stuff that they do, because I don't know a lot of the other stuff. I knew this song, this one was the one that was played often. But this reminds me of you know some of the other bands like a James Montgomery who always has a harmonica and everything else. But um, I had I immediately thought this is a, a, a rock band that has a blues sound rather than a blues band kind of yeah. feel. And you know I mentioned the Morrison thing about the end of the song. Yeah. There's another song on this record that's um, got a. If you listen to it and you think of like the first couple of Rolling Stones records back when they were doing blues covers and stuff like that, or the, this could be the last time. It sounds like an outtake from that. I mean, it literally it could yeah. just come right from that era. Um, I think it's the song um, "I Got a Gun" is the one I'm thinking of. So if you guys could um, check out that record, I think the whole album's on Spotify. I actually was able to reclaim the uh, vinyl here the last couple weeks. It's very hard to find these days, and uh, thank God for Discogs, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got a friend in uh, in Texas that's really big about vinyl. I can probably always ask him. This guy named Bob. He's a good man. Awesome. Dad, do you have the, do you have this record on vinyl? I do not. No, wow. I do oh not. I didn't gosh. have this. I didn't have this on in my collection um, on anything. Um, it's a song. One of those songs that I kind of forgot about uh, until you brought it up, Bob. It's like, oh, I remember this. And then <laughs> the one then that I went got back away. Then I, yeah, and then I went back in, 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 in my own vinyl collection because again, I was here. I am. I'm going to pander to Bob. I wanted to have something that was going to be that I only have on vinyl, and I'm finding the you know the neighborhoods and and the nervous eaters and you know all these like indie bands from back in the day that I have their vinyl, and I didn't have this. I thought I might, but I didn't. I didn't. But I I knew and recognized the song immediately, and I I remember really loving it when it was out. But it's again, a cool you know, song. It, into into the ether and it's kind of one of those songs that are forgotten until you bring it back like this, this it, is awesome. it's a cool song it's one that i can like i can picture this song like being covered by someone like the clash believe it or not yeah yeah, yeah i could hear that i could hear if joe you know, strummer that, uh, yeah if you voice. think that part you know i think she likes me the way he says that like yep. yeah I, that was reminiscent of 
of the clash for me i and they definitely expanded into some other kind of sounds outside of just the 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 euro punk stuff that they were doing so yep. i think like that's kind of where my mind went you know obviously if you listen to the show you know that my mind tends to live in the punk rock world a lot of the times <laughs> but that's that's immediately what i thought of whenever he hits that i i don't know if you can even really call it a chorus it's just kind of like a you know the end of each verse he, when he says i think he likes me that or i think she likes me that's the sound that i was hearing well i think if you like that song the rest of the album you really enjoy and and it, the thing that i think is really great about this record is that that's definitely the sound you get throughout the record, but nice. each song is unique. There, it's not like there's just carbon copies of the the previous song. There's definitely a distinct sound, and, and different guys sing on different tracks. Sandman sings on a lot of them, but not all of them. They've got a good a good mix of vocals as well. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Are there any um, moments in the song that you'd like us to share with the audience? Because you know they didn't get to listen to the whole song with us. <laughs> so. The the one thing that comes to mind is. When when he gets to the line about waving gun around, and then you hear the sound of kind of the bar fight breaking out in the, in the background, you can hear them kind of jostling around, yeah. and everybody kind of you know screaming, "Hey, hey, break it up!" You know that. <laughs> yeah, it's really like Roadhouse. That was a good ambient uh, feature. It's like Roadhouse. What do you have a timestamp for that, or you want me to kind of try and find it? Oh gosh, it. yeah, I wish I, I should have pulled up a timestamp, but it's going to be toward like the latter third of the yeah, song. Yeah, let me let me see if I can. It's funny because that's, that's it right there. I want to I want to go a little before that. See if I can get that. Yeah, last you line. nailed it. <laughs> those uh, those big drum cymbal hits is like yes. the, is like glasses Punches. glasses and fists. You know. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even without that you really feel like you're there to begin with. It's like, yeah. it just sounds like a you dark, dingy, like dirty bar. dive bar. And yeah, if you watch that, the video, that's what it is. Like they're playing in it. They're playing in an environment that feels like that, that type of place. I, I'm glad you mentioned the video. I had never seen that until the other day when I knew we were going to do the show. I was looking around and said, Oh, let me watch this. And it's hilarious because not only do they sh kind of show him jostling on stage, but then he goes off screen, comes back on without his jacket. Then they throw the jacket at him. Yeah. So you see this oh. jacket fly in. I saw that. That was hilarious. It's like, and, and it looks like he didn't, like that was not planned. It looks like they just did that and he wasn't he was like surprised. ready for it. It was great. <laughs> it was such but a yeah, great touch. I will agree. By the end of that, I was thinking Roadhouse a lot. Uh, who's the, yeah. the singer in Roadhouse that we've talked about that? I can never remember. Um, blind guy. Uh, yeah, John Jeff Healy. Jeff, Jeff Healy. Healy, yeah. yeah. Yep. That and, yep. and you know, similar similar vocal sound to him too. Yeah. And that yep. that's kind of what I was thinking at the end of that. You know, you get Behind that the visual chicken wire. that visual of, <laughs> of the crazy dive bar where the band just keeps playing and, even, no matter what's going on. And it, it's 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 dirty and it's smoky. Yep. And yep. there's all stuff going on, and the band just kind of keeps going. Yeah, going, this going. song yeah. smells yeah. like yeah. cigarettes and stale beer. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> there's the sound bite beer for signs missing letters <laughs> yeah yep yep <laughs> awesome so the whole thing is with with these guys and and these you, you said the clash sean I, I was thinking some of the boston band stuff there was a band in the in the same era called the del fuegos yeah, i've heard of that them. had a very very similar uh, kind of feel to it and, and they i i think what happened was there were there were several bands playing local radio stations on the radio station that had the same feel smell taste smoky feel you know mm -hmm. the, and everything and they were doing the circuit as well i 
actually have seen these guys. I see, I've seen these guys live. I was going to ask if you ever saw them. <laughs> yeah, and, and here we go. Are you ready, Bob? Take, so take a ride with me. Okay. I, I think I gave you the information about a friend of mine, Sal Baglio. Yeah. Um, and then you had him on your show. Well, no, I play. I played them. I haven't oh, had you, him on, but I played one of his songs. Yeah, you oh. played one of his songs. Yeah. Okay. You should have yeah. him on. We'll connect you with him. Yeah, uh, definitely. Tre- definitely. Tremendous, tremendous, tremendous guy. And in fact, he's got some new stuff too that I want you to check out. Uh, check out the band called the Peppermint Mints. Okay. Pe- Peppermint Mints. M I N T S. Sal, that's redundant. That's, it. that's his. That's his <laughs> new. That's his right. That's his new band, um, and he's got some stuff that really kind of conjures back to the '60s kind of dance, you know, kind of girl group stuff. It's really good, and that's that's Sal. But Sal Baglio, frontman for the Stompers, um, I was uh, fan slash became good friends with slash became very good friends um, with uh, the the band over the, the years that they were playing, and. They were playing like like a lot of the area uh, bands. Obviously, the circuit, which is from Providence, New York City, somewhat too, but from Providence all the way up to Portland, Maine, and everywhere in between, every dive bar, every big venue, whatever. And we'd go to see the, them once or twice a week, or for years and years and years. My, you know, my my wife included, and you know, all our friends and stuff. And I know that, and I look back, and I did some research stuff, and I know one of the bands that opened for the Stompers was were these guys. And they had like a 40-minute set. I remember this was their big one that everyone knew and, you know, the one that was being played on WBCN locally and stuff, and they killed it. Yeah. And and it was such a, a different kind of feel, genre, the old, like, why did you put these two bands together? Because they feel very different. Stompers have but, a few songs like that. I mean, but songs Sal like Temptation. Started, they, they started out their set more with kind of, and they. I remember them saying something like, you know, you know those guys are great or whatever, and, and tribute. And they started out with a couple blues songs at the beginning, and then went into their traditional stuff too. So, so talk about full circle. Yeah, there's there's also that kind of piece too, which kind of blew my mind when when you you picked this song and just started to kind of think about it and do some research. Like, wait a minute, this is all coming together. So, yep. And that was one thing I noticed even in the YouTube comments of that video, where some of the people who were from Boston reminiscing about seeing them, like in Cambridge and some of the places. I think they had like a residency. Maybe in Cambridge or one of these bars back in like '86, where they would play every week, and yep. people remembered yep. seeing them. Yeah, Place and that was like pretty the Middle common. East or Brighton Music Hall. Well, yep, yeah. Middle East is in Cambridge, isn't something it? like this. What's that? The Middle East in Cambridge. Yeah, yep, uh, yep. R.I.P. And and then yeah, really. And then it's it's one of those that uh, a lot of the bands would, would end up doing that. But you know, there was a a dozen bands that were were very well known on the cusp of making it um, nationally. And internationally, that you were just kind of waiting, and then you know the next level up, or oh, there was the Giles, you know, and all those bands would open for Giles, yep. and then there was Aerosmith and Aerosmith with Dick, so they didn't do anything. Um, <laughs> um, did I say that a lot? I'm so sorry. They, so they should have been touring with Billy Joel, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right, right. All, all Dick right. tour. Yeah, <laughs> um, but not one so of those it, shows would ever com- be completed. They would all end no, early. No, no. Um, so you know, but it was it was a really rich time for for music in the Boston area, which you know I'm sure it is now. But you know the the colleges were were, were hot um, with music, uh, the, the, those shows, those those places. And I remember these guys played around a lot, places like the Channel and and uh, the Paradise, some of these real big big venues that were one step away from superstardom. I'll say um, this, and I do remember seeing them. A lot of bands that break big, and you know they come out of like L.A., California, Oakland, whatever. And I think people tend to think of like. If you want to break it big, you need to be in New York or you need to be in L.A., right? Some of the best local bands are in Boston. And, like, 
still, like, I played in a, a local band in Boston for years, and the indie music scene in Boston is still just awesome. Yep. Like, there's so I, much. I'll good. bet it's like Austin still. That this, it's still raw. It's still good, and everything else. And it hasn't got. People haven't pushed past it like they have in some and of the cities. And people go right, to sure. the shows. You're, it's cool. Yeah. Like, people go to Brighton Music Hall regardless of who's playing. Like, they go there because, like, they know like that music. that venue brings in good musicians. Yeah. And so people just show up and they're just like, hey, who's playing tonight? And they're like, oh, it's so-and-so. Yeah, they're, you know, they're local. They're from, um, you know, Medford or whatever. Like, oh, okay, cool. I'll check it out. And, like, and then they kill it. And, like, yep. it, it's a really cool scene. It's very open and, like, People are willing to to hear music they don't know, which I don't think you get in every city. I mean, the music scene is still good. Well, I don't know about what COVID did to it, but <laughs> yeah, no, oh, everybody's hurting, but yeah. yeah. Huh. So and and then one one other thing that I want to say, and then I'm going to turn it over right out to Bob. Um, this song reminded me of a song that I was actually going to do for this show, but I thought it was too similar, so I, I scrapped it and did something different. Um, your song reminded me of a song I hadn't heard for a long time. When we first started, Sean, remember when I pulled out The Hole of the Moon by The Waterboys? Mm-hmm. And I just remember like, oh, this is a great song. I haven't heard this That was our first Halloween all. special. Right. Haven't heard this in a million years, and I, I love kind of, you know, refining this song again and stuff. Your song, Bob, made me do that again. And one of the songs I was going to kind of pull out that me that has done that with me as well is a song by The Call called The Walls Come Down. Oh, yeah. Which which is a great song, but almost would be too similar. So I, I wanted to see if we can kind of mix it up and be something a little different. I don't know if you know that one, Sean, but it's no, a really good song. It's it's dark like that a little. Um, it's kind of a little brooding. It smells like smoke. Uh, but it smells like cigarettes. Yeah, it, it it does. And probably the video, all the videos in the eighties were you know were, were so exact to what the, the the lyrics were and stuff. So it's probably it, the same. But I was going to do that one too. If I recall correctly, I know, I definitely know the song. It was a it was a pretty big hit, especially on MTV back yep. in early eighties. Isn't that the one that Garth Hudson played on from the uh, yes. band? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. And yeah. I think and the walls the, came down. And I think the lead singer of that band, isn't his son an actor, or maybe one of his brothers? Like <sighs> oh, he I was on one of the Terminators or something. Michael B. Oh, okay. I think. I maybe, don't know. Maybe. Yeah, but I, I remember Garth Hudson specifically. But that's a that's yep. a great record, and that's a good band. They they put out a. Um, Retrospective, not too long ago. I grabbed yep. that. It, it's good stuff. And, and you could probably see that there would be a little close to yeah. to what you did, you know. But I and I wanted it to be something different. I didn't want to take away from from you know the the awesome song that you brought to the table and stuff uh, with it being kind of almost too similar. So, yep. So Sean, I'm sorry, I jumped in on you there and stuff. No, that's fine. I was gonna say, Bob, if if you listen to the show, you know that we always ask each other two questions after each song. So, what what's your favorite part of this song? What's your favorite thing about this song? I think my favorite thing about the song, oddly enough, as much as we focused on the music, is probably the lyrics. I just think that's what grabbed me initially was just the story, you know, just yeah. hearing it and just, you know, certain lines just jumped out and grabbed me and it, 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 you get fixated on it yeah. the whole, throughout the whole song. But uh, yeah, I, I really, I love everything about the song and just about everything about the band too. I was one of those weirdos that I didn't find out about morphine until well after the fact. And now I love morphine too. It's which... It's a completely different thing with the sax. That that adds a whole other element to that kind of sound. But uh, yeah, I love it. Well, the story is one of those things. Not necessarily a story everyone can relate to, but everyone can really <laughs> picture what's happening. It's like it's oh, yeah. told yes. in a way that like, it basically like you're watching a movie, you know? Exactly. It's like a you video really well. in your head. Like you can you can visualize yeah. it so easily. It's so so descriptive. Can I just ask you one quick question about that? Like talk to me about morphine. Because I think I know them, Sean. Do I know? Would you have shared morphine with I, me? I probably wouldn't have. 
No. But I would expect you I'm would I'm not have so sure I would have ever had it for DJ and or anything like that. But I know I know morphine kind of in out here somewhere, yeah. but I, I can't kind of bring it down. Like, uh, how similar are they? And well, obviously, if it's going to be the same vocals. Yeah, you know, the vocals you know. are very similar, and, and it's it's a very similar mood and vibe to their sounds. Okay. But it's it's also a little more ethereal maybe is i'm not sure if that's the right word but there's there's that kind of almost like a uh oh i don't know what the right term is but just the saxophone alone really just adds a whole other element it's almost like they replaced the harmonica with a saxophone and it's like this really kind of deep you know kind of sexy saxophone but it's morphine they're they're awesome i mean at this point I would pro- almost probably like them more than Treater Wright just because I got got into him a little bit later. But um, and in Mark Sandman himself, there, he has there was a compilation of stuff that he did solo that never got released. That they put out called Sandbox that's really good as well. Um, but uh, yeah, anything that he has ever been involved with, I I always thought was really good. And he just has a really distinctive voice. I was yeah. just gonna say that yeah, oh, it's his sure. voice that really kind of drives it. Yeah. 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 So the other question we always ask is, who would you like to hear cover this? Living or dead? Just who would you love to hear do a cover of this song? Well, you know, I mean, we we talked about uh, Black Keys. I mean, that's probably the first <laughs> the first band I can think of that comes to mind that, you know, I, it would be interesting to see what they do with something like this. But, uh, you know, maybe for something a little more unconventional, uh, maybe somebody like Spoon. I mean, I would love to hear what like Britt Daniels' oh. take on something like this would be. You know, just with with the lyrics alone, it would be interesting to see where they'd go with that. But uh, yeah, yeah, nice. I have to say, one of my favorite parts is the harmonica, without question. Yeah, I love. I and love that, when so. when the vocals team up with the harmonica, when he's he's saying, and I think he she likes me, and and the harmonica is doing the same at the same time. I think that just that's that's like. It almost kind of gave me a little goosebumps of the old, ooh, this is kind of different that they're, they're kind of doing this together. It was nice. So good. So dirty. And that was the other part of the video that really stands out is the harmonica player is just going to town yeah. on that thing. Really? <laughs> he is, really? He is working it hard. I mean, he is just, <laughs> just taking over the whole stage. It was, you know, like, uh, I guess, I, I don't know if, I don't recall if Magic Dick was that way with Jay Giles where he would really just kind of go crazy, but this guy was really into it. I feel yep, like he was uh, pretty what, stationary when you're comparing it to the uh, <laughs> the video for this. Yeah, it, th- that was reminiscent of like like Will Ferrell with the cowbell. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it, you're, that's a great comparison. You know? It is really you got to watch the video. Watch the video now. You got to watch. The I have not seen the video, so it's yeah, pretty funny. I feel like that. it's like unintentionally funny. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. The the, the tell, jacket getting thrown back. Yeah. All that stuff. Tell tell me it's in black and white too. It's in right? blue and it, black. <laughs> In in smoky room and all it, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it looks. Okay. Yeah, they filmed it. It looks like where you would imagine it to take place. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Neon. Well, lit. now I have to go watch it. I will watch it definitely when we're done here, just because yeah. I want to see that. Yeah, it's player. good. It's good. <laughs> all right. Any final thoughts about this song? Anyone before we go on to the next one? I would just if, recommend again if you like this song, give that album a listen. And and they had a couple others after this that were pretty good, but this this really to me was their best album. What's the name of the <laughs> album? It's just self-titled. Self-titled. Peter Wright. Yep. And and Bob, is that eighty-five-ish? It was. Well, they they released it locally in eighty-six, but the okay. wide release when RCA put them out was in eighty-eight. So it was about okay, so two later. years two years later. That's the year okay, that gotcha. I was born. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I was, I was 
had one year of college left, man. Way to make a feel, make, way to make a guy feel old. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> don't even go down that road because I got you both beat. So sorry, but um, yeah, they 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 put out two more albums and then they broke up in '91. So there was a okay. short run, but uh, yeah, good time. Awesome, good band, Boston band. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good job. All right. Well, Dad, bring us into the next one. This is your song. Well, um, it's hard to, to kind of follow that one because I got goosebumps just thinking about that. And I, and I want to like end this right now so I can go watch that video, but I won't. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll speak a little for us. So um, mine is uh, actually not even as, as deep a dive uh, song-wise, music-wise, vocal-wise, and everything else. It's just a, a different version of, a, of an iconic song that I think um, – is, is so good that some people have missed and there are some parts of it that um, I have to say is, is a tribute to Van Morrison uh, uh, that he kind of stepped aside and let someone else sing one of his top songs and I thought that was just something very, very different, very special. So it's Tupelo Honey, which if you know anything about Van Morrison, you know that song. I think most people do, a lot of people do. Even people born in 1988. <laughs> yes. um, well, I was but raised it's, by it's, you playing this at weddings. So <laughs> right, right. Well, the song itself is is 71, but this version uh, is from a live show that they did uh, called "The Night in San Francisco," um, and it's actually sung three quarters of it not by Van Morrison. Van Morrison's on the stage and not participating in singing. It's just special. You can take all the tension. All right, so go to the official You're Not Listening playlist on Spotify or click the link in the show notes to listen to it on YouTube. Come on back and we'll talk about it. I wanted a stinger at the end of that so bad. <laughs> you know, and that's one of the things I was I was thinking too, that that could have jammed on for the, for another, you know, like, 15 bars easily and he didn't he ended it appropriately you know kind of you know right where it should have been so it was good what do you think awesome Unex- unexpected yeah, wasn't it good tune yeah i really would love to hear that song and i every time i hear the regular version of the song i think this too i really want to hear the crazy love bass line over it yes well it, it's the same I, they say you the, know the, it's, the melody it's the same it's the same um kind of thing as crazy love and um Hymns to the silence. Right, but I love that bass line, that do 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 yep. do 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 do, and it would it would just sound so good. Of it. Even though the bass line in this is pretty awesome, it's yeah. super tight yep. and really good. And there's some amazing fills. I, I marked a timestamp for one bass fill that stood out to me. But yeah, that's I, I I love that other bass line, and I always want to hear it over this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the things that when I did some research too. Oh, my my computer needs updating. Do you keep hearing that come through? I'm sorry. No. Um, is that uh, it said it has the same kind of uh, texture, same kind of uh, pattern, and, and almost the same exact song as, as, uh, as Crazy Love. Yep, so very, very similar. So you're probably hearing something uh, that's going to be similar anyway. So what do you think? Different, huh? Yeah. I always enjoy hearing 
a live take on an old classic that we've heard a million times. It's a great song, but yep. it's nice to hear it in a different context. Mm. Yep. I I love that. I mean, I'm a huge Van Morrison. I mean, I I can listen to him read the phone book, you know, one of those things. I think <laughs> his, his just voice is perfect. Um, and I've always been a huge fan of a, I love a lot of his styles of music that he, that he does. This probably is one of my favorite songs that he's done anyway. Um, I've always loved this. But this was a surprise to me. Um, I think you know, Bob, uh, I think we talked about last time that I used to DJ. That was yeah. my... As a, as a uh, guidance counselor slash educator, everybody needs that second job, and mine was being a DJ because I'm not a good painter. Um, Sean, <laughs> will, Sean will attest to that too, but he hates painting more than I yeah. do. But um, So I DJ instead, and someone said to me during you know a, a function, you know, when I asked them for um, a list of music, said, you know, can you, can you have the song played at the, at the reception? I said, oh, I, I have that. I have you know, several versions of that. I love that song. He said, no, 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 no. We want this version from a night in San Francisco. It's like, oh, I don't know that one. And I went out and find it and, f- and fell in love with the entire album, but especially that song ever since then, because it just it was so different. Yeah. So, so the the structure of it, the 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 big thing that kind of hit me is uh, the that when you have, I mean, you, you talk about an iconic song from an iconic artist, like you know, t- Jim Morrison. Okay. Jim Morrison is going to be on stage with someone else and, and step aside for three quarters of the song and let someone else sing one of his signature songs. Right? right? Come on. Ne- never going to happen. Any artist, any any you know big name artist with some of the signature songs being able to kind of do that is probably pretty rare. And yet he stepped aside and let this guy, and his name is Brian Kennedy, take three quarters of, of, this, of the vocals. And he provided that last verse and then did some um, you know did some fills some killer fills near the end when they did the last chorus which I think is just so unique and that you know not that I'm you know oh Van Morrison he's the he's the the, the king of everything and he's wonderful and all that stuff I just think it's really unique to hear such a major artist um, kind of hand that over I thought at first this was when, without knowing the context of it uh, of hearing it that someone was covering it and all of a sudden he showed up on stage unannounced and that's when the crowd was cheering everything else but come to find out that he's on stage the whole time just stepping back and letting this Brian Kennedy who was one of his backup singers for years kind of take center stage and, and sing the song and if you think about it, you know the 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 music at the beginning. You know it's going to be Tupelo Honey because of of the build up and everything. You know the, the the great guitar licks and you know it's really stripped down and very very smooth beginning. But then when you hear his vo- his vocals at um, twenty four seconds in, it's like what what Wh- whose voice is this? You know how much <laughs> higher it is, um, and and how he's just kind of phrasing it and everything. It was beautiful. You can take all the tension. So first I thought it was a woman, frankly, when I first heard it, and then I realized doing some research afterwards that it just this is his voice. And I guess he's a, a pretty successful um, uh, solo artist, writer, uh, performer in uh, in Ireland, and he's from Belfast, I think originally, but uh, and in Europe and stuff, and been on Eurovision and a couple of the the, the TV shows and stuff like that. But he so he's got a, a career in in. Uh, in, in that part of the world, but uh, this was something I, I hadn't heard his voice at all. I just I think he's just so tremendous. Sounds a lot like like a Kenny Loggins to me. I'm trying to think who yeah, I can hear that. He reminds me of Kenny Loggins. <laughs> no, it's what's so, that guy's name? You can't think of it now that I just said that either. So Is it <laughs> Warren Haynes. Oh yeah. No, I can see that. That's not him. Who, no? who am I thinking of? I don't know, but. The, it almost feels like Marcus and we've King talked about this. Is who I'm thinking of? 
Oh, Marcus King. Yes. Okay. Okay, I can see Sounds that. Sounds like Marcus King to me. Yeah, out of North Carolina. He played locally around here last summer too. He played in that that drive-in nasty series guitars, in, uh, nasty blues rock. Yeah, guitars. Um, and he was in. Was it Ripple that we we played that one time we did it on our show? Yeah. Yeah, he was in that too. So um, it's just it feels almost church like at the beginning, and, and with his voice, you know, to me, especially with the organ and all. Um, and I just thought it was such a, a different feel. So some of the things I wanted to to kind of highlight was um, the fills in between the lines, you know, within the chorus, which are the guitars, uh, both electric and acoustic, and then the uh, the organ as well. Um, and then at one fifty four, Sean, if you can do that, um, it, it's a great acoustic guitar solo. And it's got the the guitar and the organ kind of uh, slid in there as well. Right here. It's funny. I also had two o two marked down for the the organ. But the again, organ. if you, you listen to the show, you know how much I love me the Hammond B three organ. And would you would you guess that's a Hammond B three? Yeah, no one's yeah, not. Okay. Uh, if right. you hear an organ in a large band, the, they're playing a B three through Leslie. That's yeah, just okay. what it is. All right. um, it just and that whole that whole section with the um, dur- during that that break is is just a build and a build and a build and it grows and grows and grows um, to two forty two is is when Van Morrison first steps into the song. Comes to time too. They can't stop us on the road to freedom. It's an awesome drum fill too. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Ba-ba-ba-ch-ch-ch. Yeah. And he hits it. Yeah, and he Tight. hits it hard and the crowd goes crazy like they've been anticipating, which I'm sure they were at a at a, at a Van Morrison show. Right. Um, for him to kind of join in and uh and then, you know, the just the kind of the collaboration at home when they bring it home and, and everything else. So and my, my last time stamp I guess would be at 304 and 308, Sean. So 304 is when um, he, when, when Brian Kennedy really hits the she's in an extended um, note. She's and and then Van Morrison doing the three times. She's a sweet. She's yeah. a sweet. She's so, a, just so. And then again, he steps back, lets and lets the other guy take over, and he does background vocals. You know what the, the end of that song reminded me of? No. With with both of Marcus them coming King. back. What's that song with with Jimmy Buffett and I think it's Kenny Chesney and at the end they're basically like fighting for like the last word. Oh, uh, five yeah, o'clock. Yeah, five o'clock. Alan Jackson. Somewhere. Oh, Alan Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Alan Jackson. And, oh yeah. yeah. And they're yeah. just like it's like they just keep talking back and forth. I've been you've been to Margaritaville. And, yes, and I've like been there. My, they're like, my boat there. Like one of them has to get the last word in the song, but they won't. Like that's what <laughs> yeah, it felt like I to me. That too. <laughs> it's like they're trying to outdo each other. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's what I was Wait a minute. I, just, I, I almost started Morrison laughing. Thing. That's my song. I'm going to outdo you now. I almost started you laughing because it's like they, they really felt like they were trying to do e- outdo each other, which I just laugh. And it made me think. See, of I that. looked at it as they, they just built it to that point, and it just, they just both jumped on the mic, and they both have um, lead vocals, and they're going to bring it home is what it comes down yeah. to. So. Bob, Bob, I've been you know, kind of talking too much. What's your take on it? Because I know you know this song. Oh yeah, I know the song. I love that era of Van Morrison. You know that album, Moondance, Saint Dominic's Preview, all the early '70s stuff he did. 
the one thing in particular I note about this version and I like is that it's it's got a quicker tempo and pace. It's it's yes. the, the the original is very s- slow and 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 you know very relaxed and it's got that kind of quiet almost um, reverent mm. feel to it. And and I think they they still maintain that that um, respect of the song, but it's it's just it's got a little bit more pep to it in this version. Yep. Yep. I think the entire album kind of feels jazz infused and a little more of uh, all the songs are a little more upbeat like that. So it's probably a theme that ran through the entire show or what they were doing that particular time. So yeah, yeah. that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, I, I just think he does a really good job on the vocals. Uh, Cause that's one thing with Van and his accent. Sometimes it's, it's hard to pick up some of the specifics of some of the, the lyrics. Whereas even though this other guy, uh, Brian is also from, Ireland, he, he he sang it very clearly, so you, you could, yeah, it's clean. Yeah. You could, yeah, it's very clean. You could pick up every word. Yeah, love it, love it. I, and again, I just think the the fact that that Van Morrison and I don't know, it's he's one of the artists that I, I love his music so much, but I don't know a lot about the artist, you know. And sometimes yeah. that's that's not always the case because you you do that deep dive into their biography and you know everything about them, and you know that on you know March twenty third of their fourteenth birthday they scratched their nose, you know all that kind. Of, <laughs> I don't know anything about Van Morrison that way, but I don't know if he has a big ego or or if he you know if he's um, if he's if he's kind of modest that way. But for somebody to step back and not only let someone else cover his own one of his iconic i think maybe his most iconic song but does it well and like steals the show he I fought think. for it back I, mean, at I think the that end. takes a lot of guts <laughs> yeah he well they were fighting at the end right? <laughs> so dad who can, who would you uh want to hear cover this song van ross uh, let's see um if, with that i i would like to have a woman's voice uh maybe someone with a lot of soul maybe jewel janice joplin janice maybe yeah I, I just think of Jewel. Marcus King. Talk about, um, yeah. <laughs> talk about um, documentaries uh, in the uh, Motown uh, documentary that was that was about uh, you know the backing bands and everything else. That at the end of it, uh, she does some crazy stuff with some cr- some great Motel, Motown songs. And I always think that wow, she's got a lot more soul than I would have expected. I'd like to have her, her sing it, maybe. So you know who I bet would do a really great version of this is Leon Bridges. I would love to hear him do a version of this. Yep. And it's funny because we've had these conversations in the past, and it's like, oh, I'd like to have Aretha Franklin. And then you do some re- research after the show. It's like, yeah, she's covered it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that person actually so maybe, wrote this maybe song. he's done it. Yeah, maybe he, maybe Leon Bridges has done it. Or oh, maybe we can suggest <laughs> he, do, he does. This, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I love his voice. So, and there's Should another I, guy that I don't know if you guys are familiar with. Have you ever heard of Anderson East before? No. He's no. he's got that blue eyed soul thing going, but he's got it's it's kind of got a little bit of dirty uh kind of not gravel but just it's not as syrupy as as some of the guys that have that mm-hmm. uh have that genre so yeah he he would he would be a good candidate for that also this yeah. is another yeah. thing that i love about if you listen to bob's show you'll pick this up and dad dad always knocks me for the way that i describe music bob is also Visual. has some very creative ways that he describes music <laughs> yep. that was yep. an example syrupy is a great that's a great word to describe yep. vocals and <laughs> give me the next yeah. t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> well, how about um hollow notes maybe yeah huh? yeah daryl hall can yeah, pull maybe. something like that yeah daryl sure. hall yeah maybe i don't know 
Yeah, I'm just thinking, you know, like you and you mentioned it when you said that, you know, that that white soul kind of thing. So yeah, um, Sean, what what do you think? I know you're from Sean, uh, Bob, as you probably have heard, or, or I don't know if you know this or not, but I come from the point of view where I'm a lot of times I'm into the lyrics, uh, the vocals. And I found music through either the history of listening to it since I was 400 years old, you know, you know, since <laughs> I was two, or DJing. Sean hears it as a musician, and yes. I, I, as a DJ, I pushed buttons and, with a psychology background, kind of manipulated people to get out there and dance. So we we come from from two very different perspectives. But Sean is a is a true musician. You know, when I don't know if you saw his eyes light up when you said um, that that uh, Mr. Sugarman had a uh, uh, two string bass <laughs> that he played. So I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." <laughs> you know, that's him. That's what yeah. Sean. So what? What? What's your impression of this from a musician's point of view, Sean? Sounds like a Van Morrison song. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> you just shot me right down with that. No, song. I mean <laughs> that was a softball too. That <laughs> it, here's the thing. I don't want to say all his songs sound the same, but I will say that nobody sounds like that, right? Like. They're able to get a very specific sound in their songs, and that sounds like a Van Morrison song. Even with Brian Kennedy, I'm not talking about vocals. I'm talking about the music. Music, okay. The music and the music very is very well arranged. Music. Here's the thing about blues music: blues music is the easiest thing to play, and it's the hardest thing to play. Right? If you learn, if you play guitar, you can learn the uh, minor pentatonic scale, and you can play over any blues track and feel like you're, you know. Buddy guy, but BB King. But if you really want to play blues and like do a really good job at it and actually like, you know, kill it, it's wicked, wicked hard to to get it right. So like, it's very clear that that band is full of extremely talented musicians because everything yeah. is so so tight, and everyone yeah. knows exactly when to hit their fills and exactly when to back off, which is almost more important than doing playing your part right if you know when to back off that makes all the all the difference and so like it's yeah i mean it's very impressive but like it's one it's a van morrison song they're all impressive it's what he does they're all all like not a lot of uh not a lot of improvising and riffing going no but you know there's some complicated parts but like they're you're gonna hit they're gonna play the same way every time (laughs) yeah except when you have a different vocal that's what brings a different color i think to the whole song i liked the vocals it was it was a nice break because Van Morrison's voice is yep is Van, Van Morrison's voice. voice and it yeah I don't know it's not you know it, like you said it's the same melody as like three other songs yep. that he has so right it doesn't waver a lot he doesn't you know have a, a lot of different styles he's been doing the same right. kind of thing for years and years and years but that's I think that's a surprise when okay you hear the the opening lines and it seems pretty smooth and you know a little more maybe cut back uh, you know and and uh, and, and you know, maybe softer. It's definitely going to be Tupelo, honey. Here we go and stuff. But then when you hear that voice kick in, to me, that's a shocker of the old. Didn't expect this at all. And then okay, so the second verse. Okay, so Van's probably going to take that. You know, in the typical way when you hear live music, that the guest will take the first the, the first verse. The artist himself is going to ch- jump into the second one, then do the third together. Well, no, he didn't show up for the second one either. Like, what's going on here? I just I think it was such a nice surprise and a different. I, I like this version, and I and I love Tupelo Honey. I love that song. I always have the song seventy one. You know, and, and I remember it when it was out. I like this better than the original version, a hundred times over, with because of the vocals. Mm. F- favorite part two forty two. 
when Van Morrison yeah. comes in, when it's that drum beat, boom, you, you can't stop, you know, it's just magical. Goosebumps for me. So, all right, Bob. What about you? No, I'm with you on that, Jim. That 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 part of the song is really where because for one thing, you're not sure if he's even going to join in. It's like right, okay, right. This, there, he's let this guy covering it for him, and then he just pops on, and the crowd shows good restraint. They don't you don't have the anticipatory cheering. It's like he starts singing, and then. You get the yep. cheer. Yeah. Oh, he's stepping up to the mic. Let's let's drown him out while he's singing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I just it was a, it was a, it was a nice surprise in a in a time when you don't get surprised as much with a classic song. You know, yeah. it was a nice surprise to hear that stuff, which is why I thought it was important for people to hear because if they think they know every version of Tupelo Honey, they're not listening. See what I did? I there, see what song? you did there. That was, that was good. Right? Ah. Yeah. See. That was that's a great name for a podcast. Yeah. Nah, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Bend and scoot. Take the, oh, that, 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 that sounds like a podcast <laughs> that takes too much time off between episodes. <laughs> they're busy because uh, they're busy. All right, any last minute episode. thoughts about that song? Nope, just thanks Thanks for letting me bring that one to the table. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. All right, Bob, anything else that you want to say? You have the platform. You're on Spotify this time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's nice to be on Spotify. That's where the majority once. of our listeners... Um, uh, listen to yep. us is on Spotify actually well I will plug the fact that even though my podcast is not on Spotify I do have a playlist with all of the songs from all of the episodes and it gets added to after each episode uh, this Friday and that's when our new episodes post every Friday morning uh, we're going to be up to episode 61 I believe is this week it's either 60 or 61 and um we, there's, there's like literally over 24 hours of music on that playlist now. Awesome. Well, make <laughs> sure you send us songs. a link to that so we can put it in the show notes. People can check that out. Yes, right? definitely will do. And it's Bend and Scoop. Yes, Bend and Scoop. Okay. <laughs> Why? It is a reference. Okay, it's a reference to the first Cheech and Chong movie, Up in Smoke, uh, which it, th- there's not any sort of a drug connection, certainly, I assure you. Uh, but uh, it's just a, f- a movie that I thought was funny, and there's a Battle of the Band scene in there. But in the beginning scene, and there's some clips in the open to my podcast that are from yep. that and Fast Times Regiment High, where uh, Struther Martin, who's playing Chong's dad in the movie, uh, is just yelling at him about being a bum and all this stuff. And he's trying to get him to go. He's got a buddy that works for United Fruit. Why don't you go get a job, you know, picking strawberries? You just bend and scoop, you know? And so that always struck me as being, okay, that could be a dance move. That could be, you know, any number of things. It's just, it's, and nobody else had used it, obviously, because it's a ridiculous name for a podcast. I was surprised that no one had used our name, if I'm being being serious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yours for sure. Glad you didn't have a take. And you do yours 100% alone, right? Except, I yes. mean, you, you you invite a guest in, but you yeah. do all the setup and everything else alone. Yeah, I invite hosting. the guest, but yeah. It's a lot of work. Editing is the bane of my existence. Ah, oh, God, I hate editing. But it's the final, the finished product is fun. That's that's really where you do it for is to, to get the finished product. But uh, yeah, my buddies, I, I'm on a couple other podcasts, and one of the ones, the first one I was ever on, I'm still on with some buddies, they always give me a hard time about spending too much time focusing on Bend and scoop, and not <laughs> and not doing the how many, which is the one I'm on with them. So yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those hobbies that just takes up so much time, Tell and I bit off more than I can chew, it. but it's fun. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Yep. Well, again, <laughs> listeners, make sure or non-listeners, which is what we call our our listeners, 
Um, make sure you check out Ben and Scoop. Go listen to Bob's show. It's awesome. You're going to love it, and you're going to find some awesome new music from it, so make sure you check that out. Remember to subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a rating and review so we can actually like you know get up the get in the algorithm a little bit if you leave a written review that, that kind of helps us get exposed to more people brings more people into the community and uh, if you also if you want to join that community make sure you also join the Facebook group the discussion group uh, you can do some great networking maybe get on some podcasts and talk to us about some awesome music that you love share share a song that you love that people might not know and we can talk about it uh, check out all of the stuffs in our show notes, including Teespring Store, Patreon page, social media, all that stuff. But especially the one that you want to check out is PantheonPodcast.com because it is chock full of amazing music podcasts. Like I said in the beginning, if you like this show, guarantee you'll find something that you like there. That's all we have for today. Thank you again, Bob, for joining us. Thanks for having me. Remember to stay hydrated, listen to good music, and don't be a dick. We will talk to you next time. See you, folks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.